You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 94 of Take a Bow. I'm your host, Eli Tokash, and this week is an incredible episode coming at you all today. Uh, I'm very excited for this one. It was very cool for me to talk to one of my childhood, like, superstars, you know? Uh, I grew up watching Jesse, and if you haven't guessed it already, we have Kevin Chamberlain on the podcast today who played Bertram and Jesse, and then he's been in, like, over 15 Broadway shows. He's done it all. He's he's done films, TVs, Broadway, all the things, and we talk all about his career uh, and the different scopes of the entertainment industry. Um, it's just a, it's an incredible episode today. He has some incredible stories to talk about uh, and just some personal things that he, he went through throughout his career, which was really cool. He was very open, and, uh, of course, we talk about his TikTok because that's what he's up to now. He's got about, like, over 8 million followers on TikTok, and he has some of the funniest content and some of the best content on TikTok. Before we turn it over to Kevin Chamberlain, let's talk about some Broadway news. As always, it was announced that the Tony Awards are going to be returning in June, which is very exciting when they usually are. Uh, Obviously, last year, things were crazy, so it couldn't be in June, but that's okay because this year it is. It's going to be from 8 to 11 on June 12th on CBS, or you could stream it live on Paramount+. Plus. Nominations should come out uh, late April, early May, I want to say. We're going to talk all about it. I'll break it down uh, when those do come out. So I'm excited for it. Tony Awards are back, baby, and it's going to be a crazy fun season. So uh, moving on, we got some star-studded names joining or rejoining the Broadway community. Uh, Pamela Anderson will be making her Broadway debut in Chicago, the musical, as Roxy Hart. Uh, She's going to be in Chicago from April 12th to June 5th. So everyone who's a big fan of Pamela Anderson, go check her out on Broadway. Uh, Go check her out live as Roxy Hart in Chicago from April 12th to June 5th. Will Swenson is going to be leading a brand new Neil Diamond musical that's called A Beautiful Noise. So I'm a big fan of Will Swenson. Uh, I saw him in Waitress. I saw him in Assassins. I mentioned him in my little Assassins review. Uh, He's amazing. So I can't wait to see him uh, playing Neil Diamond, uh, essentially, in the Broadway bound in A Beautiful Noise. It's going to be a limited run. It's going to be a six-week engagement uh, from June 21st to July 31st. So really, it's only about like a month. Uh, but everyone should go check that one out. It's, it tells the story of the, of Neil Diamond. Daniel Radcliffe is actually currently leading Merrily We Roll Along at the New York Theater Workshop. So that should be fun. I'm excited for that. It will complete the New York Theater Workshop's 2022-23 season. Uh, additional dates and, uh, the additional cast will be announced at a, at a later date, but, uh, Daniel Radcliffe and Merrily We Roll Along back in a musical and all the things. Sign me up. There was a new show that uh, announced that it's coming to Broadway. It's going to be, it's it's kind of a based on a movie, kind of not. It's part of the Griswold's Family Vacation trilogy. Uh, but this one is going to be a Broadway show about the Griswolds coming to Broadway. So the Griswolds Broadway Vacation. Uh, so excited. I don't know why. Uh, there's been some back and forth on this one, which I understand. But at the same time, I don't know why. I, I'm excited for this one. And uh, hopefully uh, I can. I want to audition for it, to be honest, because I think it would be 
a ton of fun. Uh, it should be hilarious. And uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. They're going to be doing some out-of-town tryouts in Houston and in Seattle. So uh, exciting stuff. Keep your eye out for that one because that may be an interesting one. It may be one of those things that like surprise people. I don't know. I have that feeling at least. We have some news out of the cast of six. Abby Mueller is going to be taking a medical leave of absence um, now through April 10th. Hopefully Abby, everything is okay with Abby and hopefully she has a speedy recovery on whatever it is. Um, I don't believe it's been announced yet. So the cast of six will welcome two cast members to the show to play Jane Seymour. Uh, Carrie Renee Fuller will play the role and they'll have an alternate for her who will be played by Hannah Stewart. So congratulations to everyone involved. And we have another casting news out of six. Joy Woods it will be taking over the role of Catherine Parr in Six on Broadway, uh, where Joy actually currently is in the off-Broadway production of Little Shop of Horrors, and uh, she will be stepping into the role on March 13th. So, very exciting stuff. I actually loved her in Little Shop of Horrors. Um, I thought she was amazing, and now she's going to be making her Broadway debut in Six. So, congratulations to all of the wonderful women who are going to be stepping into this wonderful show. And speaking of women and just a women-empowering show, I want to take a moment to thank all of the incredible women involved in, in the Take a Bow process. My sister, who edits the podcast and... Uh, all the content and everything she is amazing tessie thank you all so much you inspire me every day thanks to my mom for birthing me and also um just everything that you've done in supporting me uh especially with this podcast here because none of us knew what we were getting into and uh now we here we are with the name take about which was created by my mom and that kind of uh led the layout of our show here that we have and uh of course dory berenstein and kimberly garris with the broadway podcast network and of course katie rosen as well um and i just want to take a moment to also thank liz scholar and her pr team who has helped me get a bunch of guests on the uh, a bunch of her clients on our show uh to talk about some broadway obviously there's a ton more and i want to thank everyone involved and thank you for everyone who's listening uh women's month is uh, is amazing and definitely something that should be celebrated and uh i'm very very happy that we were able to kick off women's history month and international women's day with a, a rising star on broadway annalise Scarpacci. so if you haven't yet go check out that episode it's it's wonderful seriously and she's wonderful and she's gonna be a, a huge broadway star one day so Thanks to everyone involved once again, and, and this month is really for you all, and we're celebrating you today and every day. So that's about all the Broadway news we have for you all this week. We're going to do a drama dictionary after the episode, um, so check that out if you want to to stay for that, because I know some of you all really, really like that segment. And uh, shout out, by the way, to Diana Damore, who created that name, who's one of our Patreons. Shout out to you. Uh, Shout out to all of the Patreons, honestly, and all the supporters. So without further ado, let's turn it over to none other than Kevin Chamberlain. Kevin Chamberlain, curtain up. Oh, that was so cool. Today's episode, we have a three-time Tony nominee for his roles in Susicool, The Addams Family, and Dirty Blonde. In his incredible, prolonged career, he's shown people around the world that he can do it all. From publicist in The Prom and Chef in Ratatouille, to Horton the Elephant in Susicool and the wonderful Wizard of Oz in Wicked. You may also know him as Bertram in Disney Channel's Jesse. So everyone, welcome to Take a Bow. Kevin Chamberlain. Welcome. Oh, thanks, Eli. It's good to be here. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. This is this is really cool for, for me and for everybody listening, I know for sure. Um, I want to talk to you. You have such an, an incredible career and uh one that is very unique. Um you've you have a lot of different like audiences, I guess I could say. Um, but before we get into all of that, I kind of like to start out my episodes and asking 
my guests who like how they got started in the industry and kind of what inspired them to want to be an entertainer and tell stories. Right. Well, um, I grew up in South Jersey in a little town called Warstown, and um, they had an active uh, parks and recreation summer theater. And I got cast as Huck Finn in Tom oh, Sawyer. Boy. And because we had just moved to town and I didn't have any friends. And my mom was like, you should go. You know, you like I was sort of obsessed with the movie Oliver when I was a kid. Oh, yes. It was the reason I started um, learning how to play the piano. Um, which came in handy, you know, when you're going into musical theater. And so I just started doing musical after musical with my um, town's parks and recreation summer theater. And then in high school, and I went to Rutgers University and got mm. a, a BFA in acting there. And by the time I got out of college, I was, I felt like I had this real good, um, technique. It was, you know, they teach Meisner at, at uh, Rutgers and I was ready to hit New York. And I, I moved well to Jersey city cause I couldn't yeah. afford New York. Sure. <laughs> and, uh, in 1985 and, um, to, to add all these jobs, I was Santa Claus at Macy's. And, oh, wow. And, uh, um, and then I got my first Broadway show. Well, it, I did a, um, a lot of regional theater. And one musical that I did, have you ever heard of Smoke on the Mountain? I have not. It's a bluegrass gospel musical um, that uh, the people from Pump Boys and Dinettes were involved. And it was one of those musicals where everyone plays on stage. Sure. An, an instrument. And it's about a bluegrass gospel family in 1938. And we were at the Lambs Theater, which is now a hotel and restaurant <laughs> on 44th Street. And wow. we had a year-long run there. And that was my first big show in New York. And that was off-Broadway. Mm -hmm. And then I got the chorus of uh, My Favorite Year uh, with your friend Andrea Martin from Pippa. Yes. And uh, I, was, I started in the chorus. And, boy, if you look at the names in that chorus, it just uh, like uh, Michael McGraw, Rob Ashford. Mm. Um, Norma Ling, who is no longer with us, and um, Alan Maroka, um, who's on Sesame Street now, right? Um, and so many people, and it was just a great cast, and but a flop, yeah. So that was my first taste of New York, uh, uh Broadway was a big flop musical, <laughs> and I would have many more, but yeah, but, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, then I I started getting into TV and film, and I uh -huh. my first big movie was Die Hard with a Vengeance. Yes, as the bomb bomb <laughs> squad um, guy I defusing the big bomb in in the school, and um, and then I started doing a lot of workshops, and I and I did this one workshop. Um, it's kind of infamous. It's uh, called Muscle, mm. and it was originally a Sondheim musical that was supposed to be the second act of Passion. Wow. And uh, Sondheim gave it up and gave it to Bill Finn to do. And Bill Finn and Ellen Fitzhugh wrote the score and James Lapine directed it. And James and I hit it off and we just became good friends. And he was like, I really want to work with you. Oh. And so, and I was just in the chorus of that. Right. And he was in development uh, with um, this idea about a play about Mae West, um, the old uh, movie star. And he had commissioned uh, Claudia Shear, who wrote a wonderful one-woman play called Blown Sideways Through Life. And um, he commissioned Claudia to write a piece about Mae West. And he said, and I want you to write it for you and Kevin Chamberlain. So what? we started working on this thing and – you know, two years later, after the first readings and workshop, it's on Broadway. And we open the night before the Tony nominations come out. Oh, and, yes. And, and we're all nominated. It's nominated for Best Play. The poster's behind me there. Yeah. Um, and uh, so that was my real big splash. I'd done a couple uh, flops, Triumph of Love, mm. which was um, a big flop with Betty Buckley, I'd done in 97. Sure. And, um, but 
Dirty Blonde, you know, there's the stages of an actor's life. Have you ever heard this? Where it's, who's Kevin Chamberlain? So you're Kevin Chamberlain. Get me Kevin Chamberlain. Whatever happened to Kevin Chamberlain? Who's Kevin Chamberlain? Right. So that was the, so you're Kevin Chamberlain moment. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy-on, easy-off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Yes. And, uh, and, but I had also been doing workshops of Suzical. Oh, and wow. Susical was slated for Broadway the next season. And I had to leave Dirty Blonde three months after it opened wow. to go start Susical, which, you know, if I had to do it all over again, I, I mean, I guess I would because it's it's brought a lot of joy. and uh, But it was a very traumatic experience, too. Really? Uh, Susical? Yeah. It was a huge flop. Yeah. Uh, well, but now it's... You know, it's one of the most produced musicals in America. Right. I always say, like, the flops on Broadway is really just, like, audiences not ready for the show. Right. Like, I, like there's always incredible art being produced at any time. As long as the show is getting to Broadway, like, it should be on Broadway. It's just, like, are the audiences ready for it? Well, we were at – it was the first show that um, suffered the internet uh, reviewing mm. and, and, and the chat boards. Yeah. That was the first, the beginning of chat boards in, wow. in two, 2000. And so that kind of killed us out sure. of town. We were being reviewed on the very first performance and uh, online, and no one knew how to deal with it. It was sort of unprecedented. Yeah, we were, we were pioneers in that regard. And now when you sign a Broadway contract, you have to sign an NDA and, you know, you're not allowed to right. go on those boards and. And you never know, you know. I I remember us all. We were all reading it so like every night. You'd go home to your hotel room and, and read how badly Susical was doing out of oh, town. Oh gosh! And then one day, someone introduced themselves at the stage door, like, "Oh, I'm Crumloom Number Seven, my handle, you know, or something like <laughs> that." And I'm like, and it's this 14 year old kid. No way. And, and we had all been like, "Oh, I can't believe he didn't like the show." <laughs> oh no. So you never know the the source of these right. words. Yeah, but, but Susical was was quite a journey, and and uh, and then right after Susical happened, nine eleven happened. Right, and I was like, uh, my husband and I were like, let's 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 go to L.A. because he was doing well in in uh, television. Uh, okay, uh, he's a, a television writer. Wow, and uh, so we moved to L.A. in two thousand two. So. I mean that's just like in, insane. Like th- that th- those three years. So you're you first of all yeah. you're getting a Tony nom for Dirty Blonde. Then the following year you're getting a Tony nom for Horton in Susical, and then nine yes. eleven happens and you're leaving. Like yes. Oh my! I can't imagine what what is life like in that Tony season. Like especially like I know you did it in two thousand one, two thousand two, or two thousand two thousand one area. Yeah. And then you did it again in like 2011 for the Adams family. Like how right. did that kind of change with like media and stuff like that? Um well again the the internet was was a big uh deal in the beginning. It's interesting when Susical when Tony Awards came around, Susical had closed already. Mm-hmm. And it was the year of the producers. Right. And so, you know, it just sweeped everything. So it's kind of fun knowing you're going to lose. Yeah. Going, and you can just go with some friends and party it up. And, and the year before with Dirty Blonde, I didn't think I was going to win because I was up against these big hitters. Right. And, and then the New York Times, the Sunday before the Tonys, predicted that I would win. 
Really? And so I was like, oh, I better write a speech. <laughs> but luckily, <laughs> luckily, the uh, the uh, Roy Dotrice, who was, um, you know, 82 years old and right. Um, he he had uh, done Moon for the Misbegotten, and he he got it, and I'm so glad he did, you know. Um, but it was it's one of those things where it's like, and then when Adam's family with the Tony Awards, it was, I was I felt like a, a seasoned professional going through the oh yeah that whole month of the parties and the and and all the awards, you know. There's so many the drama leagues and the right the drama desks and. Uh, outer critics circle and it's all these parties and all the schmoozing yeah you kind of have a perspective i had more of a perspective on it being an older guy yeah it's just cool to be recognized for all of the hard work that you're putting into something you know like even if you don't win it's just like wow i'm being recognized and you really you run into people going oh yeah you're a tony winner and i just go yeah and i yeah That's okay. That's okay. You can take credit. Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Take advantage of that. Whatever uh, you want to believe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. I didn't tell you I was a t- I didn't no, offer no. that. You kind of offered that to me. I'll <laughs> let you think that. Oh my god, that's incredible. Well, so then you're you go into more of a television route. So you start out Broadway. Yeah, was that kind of like your goal? It was. I got a television show in 95 while I was in New York. It was an amazing cast. It was Mary Tyler Moore, Madeline mm. Kahn, um, Chris Maloney, yeah. um, Harold Perrineau Jr., George C. Scott, um, all these incredible actors. And uh, it was uh, based on the Daily News. It was a newspaper, a one-hour drama. Sure. And, um, but it, it flopped. Yeah, again, seven, I think we ran six episodes. And I was the slow, uh, mentally handicapped male male clerk. Oh, okay. (laughs) And uh, it was, you know, it was fun. It shot a block from where I lived and and, uh, where the Chelsea Market is now. Yeah. Where I guess Food Network is up in that building now. But we were sort of pioneers in that building. And, uh, And then, so that was my first big television thing. And then, so when I came out here, um, my husband was in the television world and, and we got to know a couple people and, and they cast me in their shows. And there was one casting director out here who was a big New York theater fan and he would cast Frasier and a couple oh, other yeah. shows. And so I, I did a lot of uh, episodics and some one hours and, um, and then um, I did a couple, a series for Lifetime with Lily Taylor called State of Mind. Mm. And but I really was missing Broadway. Really? I was really missing Broadway a lot. And uh they'd called to to do Dirty Blonde in the West End. Ah. And so we went and did uh the original cast, we went and did Dirty Blonde there and it flopped. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um and cuz we opened in the summer and it's a bad time uh. to open. And then um I came and did Chicago. Yes. I played Amos in Chicago. I just couldn't stay away. So I was flying back and forth all the time doing workshops. And then when I was doing Chicago, they started workshops for Adam's family. Wow. And so I was from in the very first workshops of that. So is it like, you know, when you're missing Broadway, is it more of like, I miss performing live? I miss the city? What is it? All above. All, all the, above. the above. I miss... You know, when you're sitting in a trailer for 18 hours, yeah, waiting to do your one or two lines, you're like, is this what acting is about? Yeah. Is this why I got into this thing? Right. And I just missed that grind, that eight yeah. show week thing and uh, the community. Yes. Uh, my friends. Um, I mean, New York, I can take it or leave it. No. I, I do like the lifestyle out in LA better. I like having, okay. I had, I have a, a, I had a dog. She just passed away, but, oh, um, sorry. I had a dog and, and it's so much diff- It's so much easier with a backyard. And a yeah. Dog. And oh so we have this, we had found this beautiful house. And so I always wanted to come back here and make this my home base. Wow. Okay. 
Uh, and but you just liked the eight shows a week plus the workshops plus the auditions all of the things going on all at the same time i mean come on i mean you've done it it's it's yeah. a great life it's, it's fun being in a broadway show right never boring right never a never dull boring yeah it was interesting because i was doing originating roles up until when i did chicago and then ah. chicago it was such a machine. It's been running for so long and they do this stunt casting. And so with the stunt casting, you're always rehearsing. Yeah. So that was a little different experience. And then wicked too is also, I think I had six alphabas and, and seven glindas oh my gosh. <laughs> in the year that I was at it. In and the just year? People, oh my gosh. Well, just cause people were on vacation and sure. you always got to put people in. Right. We put in Brittany Johnson um yes. uh, uh during during that year. And it was also the fifteenth anniversary, so we had to rehearse for you know television um, sure. appearances and stuff. So that that gets exhausting when mm-hmm. you're when you have to be there during the day. Sure. <laughs> Your days are so precious when you're in a Broadway show. Yeah, I know. It's like, can I please sleep? I got home at two AM. Yes. <laughs> oh. Yeah, and I can't imagine doing it in masks. I don't know how people are doing it. Yeah, right. Rehearsing in masks now. I mean, hopefully things are starting to lighten yeah, up a little I th- bit I here. Think they are. I think yeah. They are. Um, so I, I got to talk to you about Jesse. I mean, just an iconic role. You're in all of these iconic roles. You know, you're you have <laughs> Uncle Fester, you have Horton, like all of these things. Um, I have to talk to you about Bertram though, because that seems like just like as an outsider's perspective and like being an actor at the same time and having that, like watching it just seems like craziness nonstop with a bunch of kids running around. You got seven foot lizards, like all of these oh, crazy things. Zebras, ostriches. Right. <laughs> I mean, every week there was a different animal. I bet. Uh, it's, it was, it was wild. I didn't know the Disney channel at all. Oh, okay. I didn't have any really concept. And it was the first thing I'd, I auditioned for when I got home from Adam's family. Really? And and after like six callbacks, all of a sudden I'm now on a on a sit, sitcom acting with um five people under the age of 18. Right. Oh my god. And uh with various acting experience, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean Debbie had been on Sweet Life and right. um uh and 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 it was a real professional, and she kind of led the cast. But these four kids, you know, they, they were they were very young. They were all under the age of thirteen. Mm-hmm. They were eight eight to twelve, I think. And so it took a lot of patience. Yeah. But they taught me something too. You know, they taught me how to um, how to play. Yeah, and, you know, you, when you we try to get back to that childhood imagination, and uh, and being playful and fun, and it doesn't really mean as much to you. It's just because we we kept trying to keep it fun for them, as opposed to you know they were working eight hour days. You know mm-hmm. that very well as being a child actor. You have to do the school stuff, and, and uh, yeah. their their schoolroom was in the on the second floor of the soundstage. Oh and, wow. um, so when they weren't rehearsing, they were up there. Um, it's not a great education. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's not. But it's cool. Like, you know what you're saying? Like w- with TV and film and everything, you're kind of like waiting in your trailer nonstop for us. It's kind of like, oh, no, go to school. Like, so it's never yeah. like waiting around too much for us, which is good because kids get too impatient very quickly. Well, the great thing is I was on a kid's uh, rehearsal schedule. So, you know, it was we were out by two thirty or three oh, every, wow. every day. So it's a it was a great job. It's probably the best job I've ever had because oh. you're doing um, theater every week for a live audience. Yeah, um, and then and you get to rehearse as opposed to arriving. You know, most movies. You know, you arrive, you block, and you shoot. Right. There really is very little rehearsal. So we got to fine tune comedy bits and. Um, but after the first, when it started to air, I started getting recognized in, you know, I'd go to the mall or something and wow. everyone has a phone and everyone yeah. has a camera and it changed my life completely. Really? You know, in, in, in New York, 
in those 10 blocks, you run into some theater fans, you sure. know, and you're like, oh, I saw you in Wicked, blah, blah, blah. Take a picture. I went into Times Square at when Jesse was running and yeah. was literally mobbed. No. Mobbed by school groups. Oh, God. You know, that were, it was crazy. It really, it it gave me a totally new perspective and the way the kids had to deal with it. Mm. And they were traveling around the world. Um, and and we're all sort of world famous now, right? Um, because of that show, and and it's now on twelve years. Yeah, um, it's crazy. I've never never expected that. I never yeah. expected that kind of change in my life. It's it 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 is. It's kind of a at the height of it. It kind of made you agoraphobic. You didn't really want to go out in public. Sure. I can't I imagine. Kind of enjoyed the mask. And, and <laughs> yeah, sure. I bet you would probably recognize less. You could put some sunglasses on. No one yeah. would know. Yeah, but it's fun now. You know, I always I, when people are like, "Does it bother you at all?" And I'm like, "Well, what's the alternative? Not being special, right?" <laughs> totally. So it's fun. It's fun. And you know, I'm almost sixty years old. It's great. Wow. That little kids are, you know running up and going, oh, can I take a picture? It's, it's sweet. It's sweet. But we had a lot of fun on that. There was a lot of craziness, too. And we, you know, it's very sad we lost Cameron Yeah. Um, to epilepsy. And so we're working a lot with uh, the his foundation, the Cameron Boyce Foundation. Yeah. Um, raising money for them uh, to find a cure for epilepsy. And um, but yeah, that show changed my life. Well, how can we support that foundation and kind of like check out what you all oh, are yeah, doing? Oh yeah, just look up Cameron Boyce Foundation. And yeah. um, if you're ever looking, you know, around the holidays to give or, or wherever. And and they're, they are a grassroots organization. They give to actors, the Actors Fund. Right. And, um, a lot of different uh, charities. Yeah, so, it's amazing what you all great. are doing over there, for sure. They're raising a lot of money. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. So um, I, I got to talk to you about like the difference of the acting, you know, because as an actor, I notice a bit of a difference between theater acting and like on screen acting. Um, did that kind of did you see that shift with this show, like with Jesse, or was it kind of like theater acting was kind of the acting you could do for Jesse? Well, you know, when I, I teach a lot now and, and I always say you have to look at the, the style of the show dictates how you're going to, uh, or the content of the show dictates the style that you're going to act in. Right. And you wouldn't act the same way in a Disney channel show that you would in law and order. So, right. and that's the fun part of acting is, and you know, if you're, if you have to hit the back of a 2000 seat auditorium, you, you speak different than when you have a microphone attached to your chest. Mm -hmm. So, um, you just have to be malleable and, and learn how to, um, act in the right style that, that the content uh, demands. It's, it's, it's hard, it's harder than it's easier than it sounds and harder than it looks. Right. But, um, I had great training. I really did. And, and most training, I think most theater actors can tone it down. It's when you get the people who've done TV and film their whole life that when they get on stage and they have this tiny voice, yeah, you know, and they just can't go past the fifth row. Interesting. That's what separates the men from the boys, I think. 
Yeah, that's interesting. I never really thought of it like that, you know, because like we kind of just tone it up and then like our normal lives, we can kind of tone it down. So we have that experience of doing both just naturally. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Um, can, can you still do the Bertram cry or does that something that's like, well, yeah, do, thing? You, do you know where that's from? What is that from? I want, I've been dying oh, to know. The, the Cowardly Lion in Wizard of Oz. Oh. Yeah. And you know, it's funny because I've, I've met a lot of, kids and or you know adults in your generation yeah have never seen wizard of oz really they've seen wicked and has haven't seen wizard oh my of oz. gosh so That's... they didn't know you know but um yeah it's <laughs> oh my god i love it that is by far one of the like best things that disney channel has ever done is have that like cry in a show it's so funny well i think i did it once for the writers and they're like oh my gosh we're putting that in yes it works perfectly <laughs> it was amazing it was a great they take cut. a lot of stuff from your own life they're they'll you know they'll interview in you and and do past stuff like um i was a wrestler in high school i was oh, a okay. new jersey heavyweight champ no so, way yeah so there was an episode about wrestling where i teach the kids wow. how to wrestle and um i was always doing my fakey opera voice um i have a you know and so they wrote in that bertram loves opera and you know he's always singing around oh the up, the apartment and hilarious uh, it was fun it was fun That's amazing and then that audience you know i noticed the kids were on Instagram all the time and Twitter. Mm. And so after the show was over, I was like, oh, maybe I'll start doing the social media thing. And that has now exploded with, life. and it's how I found your show on TikTok. Yes. And that what a great segue, because now let's talk about TikTok. What you're doing there is hilarious. Uh, you're doing so many incredible videos and you're actually writing a lot of stuff. I've seen like yeah. you're writing songs and stuff like that. All, uh, all to like create the content for TikTok. Now, is that like stuff that you like to do, like with the whole creating videos? Like, how much time and effort puts into creating it, writing it, filming it? A lot of effort, and it, it, it kind of started right when Biden and Harris won the, in the sure. election. And I made a, a quick video, used singing to the tune of Jesse. Yes, like Hey Biden. And it, it just exploded in 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 a day. Yeah, uh, I have a good friend Sam Kite who is in digital advertising, and he um, he basically got me on TikTok, and he, and wow. now he produces and directs and films all of my uh, videos. Wow. And he was the one who saw the Ratatouille trend. Got and, it. And he said, "You got to write a song for Ratatouille." And I hadn't seen the movie in years, and I watched it. And anyone can cook just jumps out at you. Sure. Right away. And I was like, oh, this is. And I wrote it in like 20 minutes. Really? And, and posted it. The next morning, I woke up and it had 1.5 million views. Yeah. And then the next day, I got a call from the producers saying, we want to do this as a social media event. Sure. And, and boy, it was within six weeks. It was cast, it was orchestrated. It was unprecedented. It's never been done before. Um, and we so, created a musical, a, a crowdsourced musical. Yeah. So you didn't even like, you didn't even know that it was going to be a musical. Like you didn't write it for it to be in a musical. No. That's no. crazy. And it just blew up and they were just like, Yours, blew up. You, we want you to sing your song. Yeah. It was me and um, and Andrew Barth Feldman were the, yeah. were the first we were the two Broadway people who had posted. Right. And I think because we had gotten such a big response, the producers were like, Oh my uh, God, we got to do this. And they got, you know, amazing names, Wayne Brady. And yeah, um, it was an incredible cast and Titus Burgess. And right. It was fun. It was fun. And we raised $2 million for the actors fund. Right. And it's very important time for a, a lot of actors. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it just it was incredible. I mean, there was about what, like, two million people watching it. Yeah, um, I I don't know. It was it's five, it was five bucks a pop. So right, um, four 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 hundred thousand would be two million. Boy, my math! Look at that. Insane. <laughs> yeah. So it was really um, impressive, and then people have watched it since. It's on YouTube. Right. Um, and 
it, it's just, and what a great score. It's a, it's a, I've always said, I told Disney, I was like, you guys need to like do a Hollywood Bowl concert yeah. of all the songs and for charity or do sure. Carnegie Hall concert with a full orchestra because the orchestrations are, are there. Right. It would be so much fun. It's a great, great score. Yeah. Oh, my God. Great score. And it was with a bunch of young artists, too. Yeah. I mean, that was the coolest thing. I was thing the old guy. It. Yeah. I mean, you were the veteran, you know? You were teaching all these young guys. I loved it. Um, but it was just so cool to see, like, how, you know, especially with the, the writers and everything, kind of just get discovered during that process. I yeah. mean, you had a star-studded cast, of course, but, like, everyone involved kind of was just, like, blew up because of it. It was just a fascinating project and i'm so glad that it like worked out because you know you go into this pandemic and you're just like oh great now we can't art has to go on pause you know like we can't create and you all were able to figure out how to do it with no scene partners in the room like you had to do it by yourself in your home yeah and, like it just, oh i was filming on christmas eve really um yeah with two friends in there in a in a friend of mine's kitchen oh my god I, it was and i had to have a my uh you know an airpod in one ear to hear the um the accompaniment. Music. yeah because they sent me the orchestration and said you have to do this today <laughs> and you have to use these TikTok filters and yeah, you know, it was all and it was directed by um, Lucy, um, you know, from um, Six. Um, Lucy. Oh, Morris. gotcha. Yeah, so That's right. it was pretty, pretty, uh, and we got a nom Emmy nom, right? We're not nominated. It was it was it was being considered, but they had like huge billboards in Times Square. Yeah, like for your consideration, Ratatouille, the TikTok. Musical. It was all over the place. Yeah, it was Incredible. like one of the hottest things. Like anytime I opened my phone, it was like Ratatouille musical whether it was <laughs> on TikTok, whether it's on Instagram, whatever. I mean, like, is there hopes of making it like a live version? We're hoping we're hoping a concert, but Disney said no to uh, um, actually doing it. But then it in, it inspired other writers, like the, someone did a Bridgerton right musical, and uh, yeah, there's a couple now. And then I've been writing my own stuff. Like I, I uh, my friend Sam um, inspired me. He's a big Marvel um, geek, so he was like, "Oh, you gotta um, watch. A, I want to be in. You have to write a, like a, I want to be in a Marvel yes. movie." for Chris, uh, Kevin Feige, you know, like, so he'll see it. They watch TikTok. So, you know, we created this, <laughs> I wrote this song and, uh, we wrote it together and, and, uh, and then we just got, um, a little branding deal. So I can't With really Marvel? anything about it. No, oh. no, 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 uh, for a store, but, um, but that came wow. from the musical writing and the jingle writing. And, That's so cool. Yeah. I was literally going to ask you about that. Cause like it's a great way as like an actor and a performer to like show your dream roles and get it out there to be like, Hey, pitching myself here. Like yeah, it, why not? I was wondering if that was like actually a dream role of yours or not. I'm, I'd love to be in one of those movies. Yeah. yeah. Are you a big Marvel guy? I'm getting there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm catch. I have a lot of catching up to do. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of movies. There's a lot of them. I, I'm catching up too. Trust me. It's okay. Do, what are your dream roles? Like whether it's on like Broadway or TV and film. I love doing original stuff. Yeah. So, um, and then, you know, I haven't really done a Shakespeare. I mean, I'd love to oh. kind of growing into my fall staff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> character now. So there's a lot of great old character actor roles that, um, I could do in the in the in the regionals, and yes. um, yeah, I think. Uh, but I, I love working on new plays and and uh, new musicals. Yeah, and is, writing. I was just yeah. gonna say, is writing in the yeah. future like writing, directing, like all of that? Fun I stuff. I was I just directed a workshop at Pasadena Playhouse of a new musical. Um, yes. last year, two years well, right before COVID, and uh, so that's in the works, and um, yeah. I've got a couple of irons in that fire as well. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. So, but you want to do it all. Basically you want to continue just going grinding. Yeah. I think I'm moving more towards the off stage. You okay. Know? Um, but you uh, got to stick with the TikToks and everything because they're oh, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to do those eight times a week. Right. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. I never thought of that. I mean, what you're doing with it is awesome. And you've grown such, you've, 
grown such an amazing following. Oh my god, um, I have one who that's just now become an internet meme. What? The one of me throwing the pizza. Have you oh seen Oh my that god. One? It's now a meme. <laughs> I love it. Uh, it's crazy what people make, you know, like you make your own is. videos and then it just catches on and people just take take it with the story. And there's like, no rhyme or reason. You know, no. some of them you you post and they you get like a hundred thousand one one that took maybe five seconds. Yeah. Like I have one where I'm just putting ketchup on a French fry right. in my car. It's 35 million views. And it's partly because of the song. Sure. It's a, it's a Reba McIntyre song. So that song creates a different algorithm. Right. That so here's an advice if you're posting a TikTok, always attach a song to it. Always. Okay. Yeah. It Good really just the the algorithm a bit. Okay. I have to say one of my favorite TikTok of yours is yours you responding to um these death rumors that were going around that was <laughs> happening. My and song it, I'm not dead. <laughs> yes. I was like first of all, like it was I I'll never forget where I was. I was actually at my performing arts school in my performing arts class and one of my friends turned over and said Bertram from Jesse just passed away. And I was like, "What?" And uh, then it, I mean like that's crazy like whoever started that like what is that like and like figuring out how to respond to that and like well, you, it's, you, you actually, it was, it was kind of moving because you hear from people or Michael heard from people, you know, it's actually, you're living through your funeral. Right. It's bizarre. It's very few people actually get to experience that. I yeah. think it's, it happens in Tom Sawyer, actually. Yeah. Um, uh, where he attends his own funeral, but it was very, um, it, you see the power of the media and how how one, it was one one person commented on a TikTok I was teaching at Kristen Chenoweth's boot camp, and wow. someone someone said, "Oh, can you do your line from Jesse?" And I'm like, "Oh, it's too far." And someone and a kid commented, "Oh, I heard he just died," and that that was all. It, whoever wrote that first comment, wow, it exploded. And you handled it like a true pro with an amazing <laughs> video response. It was amazing. Well, Kevin, I got to say, this has been amazing. I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but I could literally talk to you all day. Uh, well, I hope we get to meet in person someday. Yes. And work absolutely. together. Absolutely. That would be amazing. Directing, writing with you on that. Like, I'm, I'll am i be the TikTok video. Yeah, TikTok <laughs> video. I'll collab it anytime you want. It's awesome what you're doing. I really oh, appreciate thanks. it. It was a pleasure. Yeah, it was so nice meeting you. And I, I wanted to say too, like the Adams family with Kara Lee and Terrence, I love, I love everyone involved in that show. Yeah. Um, there's so many great friends of mine, Crystal Rodriguez. Um, I, I there's so many mutual friends, and I've heard so much about you. So to like actually be able to to chat with you and and kind of talk about your career has been a really cool experience for me. So thank you. Uh, pleasure. It's always weird talking about my career because I feel like it's gone by in a blink. And oh, I, I bet. When I talk about, you know, going back so far, I'm like, wow, it's just really, there's so much that I've done, but so much more to do. Sure. And, and, uh, and, and it just flies by. Yeah. So, so seize the day. As they say. For sure. <laughs> I like the Newsies reference. The Peter <laughs> reference is here. I like it. Uh, well, seriously, thank you again. And uh, you have so much to, to celebrate. And uh, I'm grateful that you were able to take a bow today on today's show. So thank you. Thank you, Eli. Take a bow, Kevin Chamberlain. Oh, my gosh. That was literally one of the coolest experiences for me. I mean, watching someone, uh, growing up watching someone on my TV and now being able to talk to him today about his career and about just life and, and the industry and everything like that. It was just, it was really cool experience. And uh, I hope that you all enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoyed talking about like his TikToks, you know, Jesse, he had some really fun things to say and he just has like an incredible career. Uh, it was just a great time. So thanks again, Kevin, for, uh, for coming on checking us out uh, and connecting with us. So uh, it was a, it was a really cool experience. So thank you. All of this happened within this week and it was just, 
It was crazy. It was a whirlwind of a week. And uh, that's this week's episode of Take a Bow. As always, be sure to check us out on our social medias at Take a Bow Podcast. Um, just straight through. No periods, no underscores, none of that. Uh, check us out on Patreon for exclusive content and exclusive kind of I, I guess news, um, you'll hear about it before anybody else does. So anybody that is on Patreon is able to know that Kevin was coming on the show. They had the ability to ask a question um, and all of these great things are, as well come through it with like discounts and all of that for our merch store tickets to our live show, which if you haven't, check it out. Take a bow live at the Green Room 42. Check it out on the Green Room 42's website. Uh, I'll be posting it. It's also in the link of our Take a Bow bio, so you can go check it out there. And I'm going to be posting, I'm going to be making a post for our Instagram very shortly for it. And uh, those special guests who are going to be at the show are coming very soon. We're working on our lineup now, and it's just, it's an incredible lineup. So I'm very excited for it. And uh, yeah. Thanks for thanks for tuning in to another episode. And uh, if you haven't, uh, go listen to last week's and catch up on the other episodes because we've got a lot of fun ones with a lot of your favorite people in the entertainment industry, whether it's Broadway, whether it's TV and film, whether it's SNL, whatever it is, go check them out. Uh, and hopefully we'll see you all back here next week. Bye, everyone. Have a great week. For this episode's Curtain Call, I would like to recognize a few people who also deserve to take a bow. This podcast would not be possible without the help from Dory Berenstein, Brittany Bigelow, Katie Rosen, Alan Seals, and the team at the Broadway Podcast Network. Next in line to take a bow is Tessie Tokash, who edits the audio and all the visuals for this podcast. A special thanks to patrons Brian Thompson, Pat McNamara, the listeners at PCC, as well as all of the other patrons for their continued support. If you're interested in becoming a patron, go to patreon.com tab. And if you enjoyed this week's episode, don't forget to subscribe on the platform that you're currently listening to this on. Also, feel free to give us a follow on Instagram at TakeAboutPodcast. TakeAbout's logo is designed by Giselle Bustos, and the music is by Nikki Torsha and Cormac Collinon. Bye, everyone. Hope to see you next week. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.